podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hi, everyone. So I'm back. and It's a strange new world I find myself back in. I'm now a dad, my sleep pattern is shot to smithereens, and there will be no beer-fueled podding for the foreseeable future. This is non-alcoholic beer for me today, but this means you'll like to see the real me uh, for a bit on the pod. Towards the end of the season, at least, or you know, such time as I can administer childcare while being slightly inebriated. All of which leads me to wonder, how much more cynical can it get, Lucy? I've got no idea. Uh, anyway, I just want to say thanks to you, Lucy, Sam and Nick for minding the shop while I was away. I did listening from hospital and other places. And on both occasions, um, I was so happy the pod was in great hands. So thanks very much for that. Uh, but enough of that. Let's get into this. Normal service resumes from now. And as you've heard, I'm joined by Lucy this week, who returns uh, after a week off sunning herself in sunny checks notes, Cambridge. Oh my, you're right. I'm very well, thank you. Congratulations on the new arrival. It's great to have you back. Yes, as for my shorter break from podding, I did take a trip to Cambridge. It wasn't very sunny, but you know, nice to get away just for a bit anyway. Um, I guess that's what you get when you take a spring break in um, the UK. Yeah. Yeah. things. Anyway, we are Who Got The Assist. You can find Tom back on the main account at WGTA underscore FPL and you can find me at Lucy Hynett with two Ts. On the pod today, we'll be discussing my free hit, some thoughts on who I'm leaning towards this week, answering if it picks itself as most free hits do, or if there's any scope for differentiation. And ahead of a week of respite from his perma-captaincy, we'll start the conversation and probably continue it next week on Harlan's impact on FPL. Is he actually a game-breaker as some of the melodramatic takes have it, or is he just one in a long line of supercharged individuals who took FPL by storm? We're recording on the evening of Monday the 17th of April with Leeds-Liverpool underway shortly, when I'll be hoping Mo Salah keeps quiet until next week. No, I'm hoping the exact opposite. Uh, so yeah, uh, sacking off the, the Min League update because obviously there's games still to play. Uh, sacking off the market forces due to a high number of free hits in play. And I'm sure also those people are waiting on Liverpool tonight to make any decisions. So let's move quickly into a very, very brief uh, game week update in terms of how we've done thus, for me thus far, and Lucy, you're all out. Uh, you've had an okay week, haven't you? I mean, it's, it's not been like a disastrous sort of red arrow like I've got, has it? Um, no, at the moment, I'm on 61 after Botman's incredible one-pointer coming off the bench. I enjoyed that everyone agonised about who they were going to bench in defence this week, and it made absolutely no difference to the Barcelona <laughs> difference, because they all got ones and twos. Um, but yes, I'm on 61, which puts me on a very, very small red of around 100 places. So, mm, might as well be a grey. a grey, yeah. Um, so it really all just depends if Salah does anything tonight. If he does, I'll probably see that extend quite a bit but yeah um the the transfer of the week was Ake in I did all my homework I followed the wise minds on FPL Twitter about Man City and Ake seemed to hit the sweet spot between good expected minutes and value and there he was on the bench so thanks very much Pep uh, and I'm also a Saka and Bruno owner so variants Ooh. and all of the similar concepts can get in the bin yeah, that's no, just not good, is it? I mean, I we talk about uh, Bukayo in just a bit, but I don't know that, that penalty really summed up the game week, didn't it? Just 
just from one that for, for a split second like it had gone in i think the commentator kind of had, had a double take he, he was about to kind of say oh Taka scores and so oh hang on he's missed yeah. really and that, that, that really did sum it all up didn't it as that as did that sort of defensive empty house that many of us had david uh, david i think we should call him uh raya keeping uh another fight getting another five pointer uh from a two nil loss i mean that that's pretty rare although kepper actually getting six points um the guy, the guy on the yeah. bench was a little bit annoying, but hey, you know, I was never playing Kepler. I was just going to hedge the bets with Chilwell. Um, for me, I'm on 54. I took my third hit of the season. Um, I need Salah, who I brought in to get me like 15 points tonight to scrape a green arrow, um, which I, 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 I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Liverpool have been pretty toilet away from home, but we'll just see how that happens. Uh, for me, it was a scramble to get everything sorted out, to be honest. So I was just home from hospital. I didn't have much time last week. Um, between getting home, learning primary childcare to think about FPL that much. And I literally saw uh, that I could afford uh, Rashford and Barnes out for Salah and Andreas for a hit. I thought I'd do that. Uh, maybe it, maybe I could have thought more about, I mean, maybe it's definitely hindsight, but about a Palace midfielder like Eze or, uh, or Elisa who did blank. But um, I, mean, I, just, I think that when I did look at it, it was a case of getting two extra players in for my free hitless 32, which we'll discuss in a bit. And I thought that, that made sense, you know, um, and getting in Salah and flexing that team value that I've been on about all season, which means I now own Kane, Salah and Holland all at once, um, which I can kind of hold for the rest of the year. So that looked pretty good, um, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know whether it's just a, a, a product of this week. Maybe we'll see probably not next week's so it's a bit of an artificial environment but 33 onwards whether this is true but i do feel like i'm a little bit behind the template all of a sudden now with the likes of Grealish, march martinelli and others performing and my alternatives and saka and the bryson duo uh particularly mapadonna mcallister and uh, not doing anything so kind of yeah i mean it was just one of those weeks so 54 minus four plus Salah, uh, t- took me, well, it's a pretty brutal drop, actually. So I was just outside the top 5K, and now I'm just inside the top 10K, um, which just shows how it, you know, how completely ruthless it is at the top. Um, I'm expecting another red arrow next week as well, uh, given the free hit teams out there. So I'm just going to try to hope that I can, you know, uh, tread water from here on in. But we'll see. I mean, uh, so it's, it's kind of like the Arsenal sort of, example applied to my season if someone said yeah you're probably going to finish top 50k at the start of the year i'd be like yeah i'll take it um the same with arsenal if someone said you're going to finish in probably second for this season yeah I'd be like, yeah absolutely i'll take in that but it's like having tasted the glory or the potential glory you now kind of think oh you know it's a bit sad but hey hopefully salad does does some stuff tonight and isn't just a damp, damp squib but we shall see right okay let's uh, get on to this whole podding business then been a little while and um, probably best to just quickly address uh, my my daughter being born so james from planet fpl asks how's little one says have a, have a great pod thanks dude uh she's all good thanks a bit of a rush as she came a week earlier than her due date and much to our surprise hence uh had to kind of saddle uh poor old nick and sam with a last minute pod uh i think was it last saturday i've lost track of the days to be honest uh, last saturday or last sunday something like that uh, but now we're home uh, she was a week old yesterday, and we're slowly adjust, adjusting to a life of dirty nappies, 4 a.m. wake-ups, and lots of skin-to-skin, which is lovely, honestly. Uh, even though the life of a baby is really simple, feed, poo, sleep, <laughs> we do have to figure out our lives around her a little bit. So, for example, at the moment, we're podding at a time when she's napping. I probably would have tried to go to you know, my usual 8 o'clock slot, um, but, I mean, it's, it's kind of just useful because I'm... Um, 
yeah, if she's asleep, Sarah can have a little break as well. And uh, I can just do this. Um, and just obviously my notes may not be as extensively researched as in the past. And editing really won't be anywhere near what it was in the past for quite a while. But frankly, sorry, not sorry. All in all, yep, uh, doing okay as I just dad life. will be, I'm probably a few hours short on sleep, as everyone else always says. Right, let's get into it. A free hit frenzy. No, obviously I played mine in 25, some played theirs in 28, but here we are in the main thrust of free hitting with what seems like the majority of those on kind of FPL socials at least flaunting their beautiful, yeah, identical free hit teams to all and sundry. A good question to kick off with Lucy as well. Uh, Joshua Biggs um, says, you know, does it feel like everyone played their free hit a while ago and now has a second one to play? Or am I projecting considering I played my free hit in 28 and feel left out? He says, it also speaks to the FPL Twitter issue of deciding we're all doing the same thing. So all the chat this week seems to be very free hit centric. I mean, it, it does feel like everybody is on free hit this week is it just because there's loads of decisions to make it doesn't feel quite like there is looking at a few of the drafts dropped at the moment no it's just a symptom isn't it of the overall content heard as it is um i think using your free hit now is kind of mainstream chip strategy you you, you know just a symptom of what we've kind of discussed on many pods that i won't try to go over too many times but basically uh now that we have content creation having such a significant impact on the way the majority play or the majority of engaged managers play FPL, um, it's just one of those things where you're going to see a lot of it. People kind of feel the need to, to I don't know, fulfill that demand. So we'll see lots of them being tweeted, even though they look exactly the same as each other. Yep. Just one of those things, really. Um, I don't think you should feel too bummed out if you're not free hitting i think if you look at those free hits there isn't huge potential for upside this with this one i think it was just a, a nice simple way of delivering 11 when we had so many blanks so yeah just one of those things really yeah it made sense to go for those united players made sense to go for those brighton players and have them over the previous game weeks for obvious reasons so absolutely and it's, it's just one of those really where on the week, it depends if the template bangs. Um, we'll come on to key players very shortly. But, I mean, th- there may be a feeling amongst non-free hitters like myself that, oh, it's going to be a bit of a challenging week. Um, but I guess it really is like 25 and 28 um, when other people do free hit. It's a case of managing what you've got and also maybe reducing exposure where you can. And we'll talk about kind of key players perhaps later on and answer another question. A good example of this may be if you're in the top 100K and you don't have a free hit, uh, maybe you might look to avoid the hit but as in taking a minus four um, because you already start with a bit of a punishing handicap against those around you on the chip. Even if it means you start with 10, maybe that would be beneficial. A big asterisk, of course, would be if you're removing a player you don't want anymore, maybe doesn't have a game. So maybe you bought Ake last week, uh, like Lucy did, and maybe you now got cold feet and you're thinking, you know what, I can afford Trent on a hit after making a move. Uh, that makes sense because it's a bit of a long-termer. Um, so if you're future-proofing, but for more superfluous stuff, you know, trying to pick up a player because you're worried about everyone else owning them, but you're not really too interested in holding them long-term. Or maybe even buying an Arsenal player um, on a hit. I- I'm not sure I'd do it because, you know, take a beat. Arsenal, for example, have no further rain doubles and we've got a tough run-, run in and we've also got City straight up next. So yeah, it's horses for courses as always, but I wouldn't say it's too bad to that extent. There will be those people talking about, as Lucy mentioned, just because it is kind of within the zeitgeist right now. Right, Lucy, exotic, sexy draft, I'm sure, full of differentials. 
talk us through it what's going on right now with it and the formation like i guess it is a 343 that seems to be the one that everyone's going for right now Yes, it is a 3-4-3, and it is, as you expected, incredibly differential, very groundbreaking, and not something you'll have seen 300,000 <laughs> times on Twitter. Um, it's Johnston in goal, uh, Trent and Robertson, accompanied by Trippier, Salah, Saka, Martinelli, Eze, Watkins, Kane, and Jesus. Uh with a bench of Iverson, Moreno, Andreas and Totti at the moment. Um, I don't really see the point in having loads on your bench. You should be able to get 11 starters out and you've got, you know, one there if you need it. Um, obviously, I'm targeting those Liverpool and Arsenal home fixtures, as most will be. I think having three Liverpool, three Arsenal makes a lot of sense from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably the striker options are the most interesting. I think there's probably... A good case for Solanke at home to West Ham. I've uh, seen a few on Izak, given that Spurs have looked pretty terrible. Um, and obviously, Tony's got a decent-ish fixture against Villa, although Villa have looked very good recently. Um, so those are three that I'm still considering. More, Solanke more than the other two, yeah. probably in place of Jesus, if it was going to be anything. Um, I think just Kane and Watkins from an effective ownership perspective, I'm not sure about that that Spurs Newcastle game in terms of calling it but the fact is that Kane's like what 90% owned at this point so I'm not really gonna venture too far from him I don't think I think that's probably one spot if you're chasing hard I might be tempted to not bother with him um but I don't know what your thoughts are on that one yeah, I mean, Sam said on Twitter, um, Sam, friend of Pods, a friend of Pod Sam, who was on last week, and um, that you can't, he can't go against the guy who has two hundred points, twenty three goals, and is on pens, and makes the point that if he'd scored versus Bournemouth, then we'd probably not be having a debate over the slot. And um, it's kind of one of those things which is like it's like a convenient sort of fig leaf to hide behind, uh, get not owning Kane. Um, I think yeah, you're right. It's about chasing versus consolidating, really, with a lot of the free hit drafts. And I think a lot of people who are now kind of free hitting, you're engaged. You probably made a, a few strides, especially with the bench boost week going very well for everybody else. Um, and it is a case of kind of making slow progress rather than going for broke. I mean, if you're kind of you know, 300, 400, 500k, then maybe you are sort of looking at getting rid of Kane and going for a Nick and Acho or just something you know really off the wall. But I, I think owning Kane from the outset for this week makes a lot of sense just from a defensive point of view. Um, the, the one I would kind of maybe think about going against might be Trippier. Um, j- just, I don't know. Um, it's, it's it's very kind of risk appetite He is second for non-pen SGI over the last six game weeks, but it hasn't kind of quite come to fruition in terms of points. But he might be one, especially if you are playing, electing to have a striker against defender in a game, albeit Trippier has attacking returns. You might look elsewhere for that Trippier slot. I mean, one I did kind of look at uh, was Alex Moreno at Villa. Um, Villa are actually second best in terms of SGC for the last six games. They got Brentford away, which isn't obviously the, the best shout out there. Um, but he's fourth for expected goal involvement amongst defenders in the last six. So he could be another one um, that could be worth looking at. He assisted yeah, Ollie he Watkins twice, didn't he? So, yeah, yeah one rule out, one rule. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably a fair call. I think also there is maybe a case that you could have an Arsenal defender there if you felt that you didn't want to go for the triple attack. I know some people are saying kind of that's the easy no. route points, um, but I just think it's it's a bit negative. Um, yeah. I think there's potential for Arsenal to go big. 
because they're playing Southampton. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can see why some people are looking at that, though, because it, it does seem like a nice, straightforward, clean sheet. Um, the other issue is kind of as a slot. I've seen a bit more differentiation there. Um, obviously, the Elise we've just discussed, um, I've seen a few people on Madison there, which I, I guess I would afford by downgrading Chasey's probably. Um, I think also some people have gone for three five two and had Madison as well, but I think there are just too many good striking options this week for me to be tempted by that. Um, another option would be to have Odegaard as a as a fifth midfielder and 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 kind of go for the triple Arsenal midfield, but again, I just I don't think I want to do that either because that's far too out there. Um, I would have liked another Liverpool attacker actually. I'm not wild about the fact I've got. I mean, obviously Robertson and Trent have got great attacking potential, but they haven't really delivered it consistently this season. And Liverpool aren't a great defensive unit. I would have quite liked to have had a Liverpool midfielder, um, but it just doesn't look like we're going to have one that's kind of, you know, we can be assured of minutes. And obviously Darwin has been benched again tonight, so that rules him out from a striking perspective. I know a few people were speaking him up as kind of a big three-hit differential that you you know that regular teams wouldn't have uh but I don't think I can make a case for him so that's a bit annoying um I'd have liked to have kind of restructured the Liverpool approach a bit um but yeah I can't see other than Solanke maybe coming into the forward line I can't see that changing massively I do like Trippier just because I think that if things do go his way he's capable of a ceiling that most other defenders haven't got in them yeah but yeah that's that's pretty much it yeah. You're not surprised, are you? No, no, it's it's, it's not particularly. I was about to say not particularly exciting. We know what I mean. Like it's just one. It's just one of those where it makes complete sense to just go over template if you're doing okay. Um, and there's there's absolutely no reason not to. Um, for example, you know, double Liverpool, yes, defense, yes. I mean, you're looking at the attacking potential of Robertson and Trent, and you've also got Liverpool who are fifth for XGC over the last six, and Forrest the second from bottom for XG over the last six as well. And away since uh, for the whole season, they're second bottom for XG as well. So really, like a really questionable attacking unit. So you'd be hopeful of like big returns there. Like I, I would probably be trying to cover Liverpool's defence, uh, probably through Canate, which anyone I can afford. Um, but I think that's kind of going to be one that's going to really spike in the ownership this week. Um, Arsenal's defence, interestingly, um, for anyone who's watched us over the last few weeks, has really kind of collapsed without Saliba there. Um, you've replaced kind of a, a bit of a, a first-class defender with a more sort of prosaic one in, in Rob Holding. Um, the clues in the name of Holding, really, in terms of what he does, is holds the place down. So a bit of a negative knock-on of everything, like you saw West Ham targeting his side of the centre-backs. And the defensive collapse is borne out on the data as well for Arsenal. So we're now mid-table. Uh, Wolves have a better SGC than us over the last six games. So, yeah, uh, previously rather solid defence, really sort of uh, demolished, I suppose. Um, I appreciate what you're saying about Trippier. I guess the counterpoint on the Arsenal defence thing is that they're playing a Southampton attack that is the fifth time in nine games that we failed to score at the weekend. Mm. And we look incredibly blunt um to the point where we don't actually play strikers anymore which is great um can really recommend that when you want to chase goals to stay up anyway um so i think even though you aren't quite the force you are i don't think it's going to be a problem um so we'll see i feel we've just got a 
uh, similar to City in the past, actually. He's got a bit of a nasty habit of conceding stupid goals. And especially over the last couple of games, you saw the panic start to set in when that penalty went in. You know, it's definitely we're a young team, but the, the mindset um, is something that needs to kind of be worked on a little bit, I suppose, especially when things kind of swing against. I mean, uh, it was a perfect game, really, to to recover. You know, it's a perfect game to get hopefully get a clean sheet. Um, I've got Gabriel, um, so hopefully I will get a clean sheet. Um, but I think you know Morgan Simarusti asked which three Arsenal players do you have on do you have on the clean on a free hit? I think I think it would be kind of looking at those midfielders and and uh, Jesus really. Uh, we're second for XG since the restart, and I I don't know I'd actually go for Martinelli and probably Odegaard over Saka. Uh, Saka's non pen XGI last six is absolutely nowhere. Like he's below the likes of Jacob Ramsey, Pedro Porro, and Joe Willock. Uh, 2.11. I bought him. I broke him. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think he's a mixture of um, maybe needing a break, actually, and also suffering from being intended to more closely in games, um, which frees up Martinelli. I know he got kind of four shots according to the data um, this weekend, but I mean, he was really anonymous throughout the game. And I saw people kind of tweeting his XG and being like, oh, he's still fine. Well, no, because obviously he took a penalty, you fool. <laughs> it's one of those sort of things that you tell yourself. Yeah, I, he would, I don't know, he just wouldn't, probably probably I would go for Marcelino and Odegaard if it was me kind of choosing a free hit in that midfield. So since the restart, Marcelino is third for non-Panets Jai amongst all players. Like, utterly unbelievable that we've sold that guy. And yet again, a registering attacking returns this weekend. So I'm never going to own the right Arsenal player at the right time. I've just accepted that now. That I just, I get them wrong. It's like the City midfielders all over again. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's 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 very annoying. I, I'm just going to stick with Saka for the long haul now and just hope he turns it around. But I mean, it's just one of those where I, I from the eye test, I just wouldn't be surprised if he did kind of maybe get. I think it's hopped off early or just maybe not even start this weekend because as you've as you've mentioned, as as we all know, it's probably a game that we can win without him. You know, might be quite good to take him out the firing line for a bit, but we'll see. We'll see what Mikel will do. Uh, elsewhere, you mentioned that Ezzy slot. Um, in a great moment, obviously, four returns in the last three games. Uh, surprisingly reborn under Hodgson. Uh, we, we were assuming it would be a return to Stodgson football, but no, it's a free-flowing, attacking uh, way of playing for Palace. Um, I really like Ezzy as well. I've owned him this season. I think he's a bit of a baller. Um, and I'm sure he'll be in many teams against Everton, whose XGC is pretty high. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those, isn't it, that feels like a perfect hit inclusion because you might be a bit iffy on a player of that price with with kind of iffy long-term credentials but for one week in a very good game he just looks like one that you just stick in not overthink it and I suppose in terms of effective ownership you'll see a, a spike to about 20-25% out of nowhere from free hitters alone so yeah I, I'd probably go with him really over and the other options being parasit right now. Yeah, I think the problem there is that the Brighton midfielders have basically taken all of the kind of five and a half-ish midfielders off the table in the majority of cases. So to have that week where you don't have to worry about Brighton um, probably opens that up in a way you wouldn't have had before. I know you were saying earlier that you might have gone for Eze um, as part of your moves this week, but I think you're probably fairly unusual in the sense that most people um, will be looking at Brighton more generally in, in that slot. So, yeah, that's quite fun. I quite like that one because it feels like you're actually getting some kind of interesting advantage out of a free hit. I do think that a free hit should include some players that you wouldn't normally consider because it's, I think it's part of the fun of a free hit, isn't it, that you you try a few players out. 
Exactly. I mean, there are there are a few sort of other players that may be mentioned. Uh, Phil Paperless Billing, um, yes. maybe one. He's doing yeah. pretty decently, isn't he? Uh, Jacob Ramsey, yeah. um, five, yeah, five, five returns in four. Um, and uh, you've also got the Forgotten Men, Son and Bowen, um, who are probably, if you've got a slightly more team value, maybe ones that you consider if you go for a 3 5 2. Um, but it's an odd situation where you kind of actually be favouring a Billing or a Ramsey, uh, especially Ramsey. Villa are a team in the riotous form at the moment, aren't they? It, it mm. does seem a bit strange to me that people are only going for one Villa. But I mean, they are looking at the kind of the what in isolation. But if you look at the wider sort of context, you can kind of see why. But no, I, I quite fancy that. I think the Brentford's defence. I saw. So we said that um, it, they're a bit of a tough proposition, um, or at least we think they would be. Um, but they've actually entered the top part, the bottom half, I should say, in terms of SGC uh, recently, um, not doing as well as you'd imagine them to be doing um, compared to kind of uh, how we kind of saw them um, over the last kind of first, well, now in the kind of the final third, aren't we? So the first two thirds of the season, I think they're fifth from bottom now, actually, in terms of SGC. Um, so maybe a case that they are, I guess, let's say on the beach. Um, but a team whose you know, season's petering out a little bit. Um, so they, they could be a decent team to back against if you do get another Villa sort of attacking uh, cover. But it's just one of those, isn't it, where you've only got 11 slots and a few of them are kind of preordained anyway. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with all those. I had, um, yeah, Ramsey and Billing. Uh, I, I think Eze's kind of calling to me more just, just because of the, the fixture, I think, more than anything. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the weaknesses that Everton have. Uh, but no, I like I like both of those, and I think there's a good case to be made for them. You know, maybe if you can't fit in a Solanke, but you can for some reason fit in Billing, then maybe that's one to go for. Um, but yeah, I think for Billing, if you're if you're looking at him, I'd kind of query why you're not on Solanke. Um, and I don't think I'd want double Bournemouth. No, but you know, maybe it's just one of the things. Um, I think just to double back slightly, uh, in terms of. Arsenal midfielders. I think I'd primarily put Saka in probably as a very defensive move. So maybe I will review that one. Um, just because I'm very aware that his ownership is quite high and Odegaard's has dropped quite significantly. I was quite relieved to see that the weekend. The goal went in that it wasn't actually quite so damaging. Uh, so I think that's probably why I've gone that way. Mm. Uh, but you could be right about, you know, Odegaard having a bit more potential at the moment compared to Saka. But I think that's pretty much my team wrapped up really yeah i think the only one i would say you would consider slanky i would as well pretty strongly his fur for month and sgi over the last kind of six weeks uh, bournemouth two wins in a row serious motivation west ham's defense pretty porous um so i mean it's obviously quite congested in that sort of uh attacking in, in the forward slots because you've got watkins jesus kane etc etc hanging about I would be quite tempted to go Watkins, Jesus, Slanky, and Zacon Kane. Uh, again, it's easy for me to say if I'm not on free hit, and I'm sure a lot of people will go that way um, and try to take on Kane as well. Um, but we, as we've discussed, it is quite is one of those, isn't it? And going forward as well, we'll get a question from Desperately Seeking Duzan. Are Spurs, Spurs going to fade away now? And does that mean um, Kane's optional on the free hit or is anticipated EO so high that it's unpalatable to go without? Uh, I, I think it is... Of it, it's, it's really as I said about consolidation versus chasing, isn't it? And it does feel yeah. like if you're if you're doing okay, you might as well just stick with Kane as it is because you know, the EO is still going to be. It's not going to be a hundred, but you're looking at kind of eighties, and that against you could be, especially if 
your Solanke doesn't do very well, um, him trickling in an eight pointer or a nine pointer um, could be something which could kind of diminish the gains from your free hit, I suppose. Yeah, it comes down to the two aspects we discussed, I think, when we were talking about the last double game week. It basically comes down to A, your rank, and B, your appetite for risk. And how you choose to play that is entirely, you know, dependent on your team and, and how you like to play the game. At the moment, given that I'm 25k-ish and I'm fairly happy with where I am, I think I'm more likely than not going to cover Kane off. Mm. And that probably feels really dull and defensive to some people, but I also think you have to factor in that it's Harry Kane, you know, he he doesn't need very many opportunities to deliver those points. And although he hasn't hit kind of massive double-digit totals, he has just been trickling those points in. So um, I think that he's probably one of those people that if you are in, regardless of whether you're on free hit or not, I think you want to cover him off if you are looking to maintain rank. Um, obviously, Salah and um, the uh, a decent Arsenal coverage is probably what else you'll need as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another question about free hit. FPL Oakwell asked the best option for a block defence. I guess that's owning more than one. Uh, that's not Arsenal nor Liverpool. Um, I suppose it would be Palace, actually. So their third best, best for SGC over the last six games. So you maybe go with Johnston and the Gahey. Yeah, that's like what that. I have as my suggestion. There isn't actually a lot else out there for a, a block defence. I think those that it's just a, it's the strength of the fixture against Everton that, that makes it Palace. And I, I can't really see a lot else um, that you would be kind of willing to use in you know double defence when you could have attack. Um, I don't think, for example, Bournemouth or Brentford or Villa are really there. Um, Villa, I suppose you could go to if you really wanted to, but I, I'm not keen on it. I think it has to be um, Palace or, or no one. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's a bit of a force on on this free hit in terms of. I understand why it's a, a good tactic from a differentiation perspective and you double up on a defence to kind of really cash in, but it feels like it's being quite forced on this one. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be if you were trying to go off and go up against Trippier because I, I just don't see any value in playing four at the back in this free hit scenario. No. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's probably where you go, Oakwell. Um, so, I, I guess in all of this, there's people who aren't free hitting, like Comois. Uh, Com uh, Joshua Biggs and also Dave Caesar FPL who said he's not a free hit like me. So who on the free hit template do I have to worry about and not worry about getting or covering? Um, so I guess listening to you and hearing and seeing what people are doing on their free hit, uh, things like the Palace defence like Johnston, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Um, <laughs> Ezzy might have a decent EO. Again, you know, one of those things where I'm not really particularly worried about that. Um, the uptake of Arsenal mids is probably something that will concern you if you're not on a free hit and you've only got one Arsenal mid like I do. And that might be something that you need to think about. And um, I kind of, I'm a bit kind of in a cul-de-sac really because I'm not removing Saka, Salah, Matoma, McAllister. And I've got Andreas and I can't afford really to do anything other than selling one of the Brighton mids and hoping for the best uh, with a minus four or a minus eight. That makes no sense whatsoever. So, huh? so have to see how it goes. And um Maybe Salah as well. Um, if you if you can't get there, that might be one which concerns you a little bit. Um, I'd also say that Liverpool's defence started to spike in EO, uh, which is why I'm probably going to pick one up uh, this week. But I mean, if you weren't free hitting Lucy, if you can put yourself into that mindset, what would concern you about the current template? About kind of crap. I really need to cover this guy because you know, and um, 
it really is Arsenal and uh, uh, Liverpool uh, the, the ones that you should care about aren't they yeah, Arsenal-Liverpool. I think in terms of what you don't need to worry about, it's basically those positions where there isn't a clear consensus. So it's the goalkeeper, the third striker, the third defender and the fourth midfielder. I don't think you need to worry about what people are picking in that position. And that kind of overlaps with what you were saying in terms of Eze and Johnston and you know all of those kind of peripheral players. I wouldn't worry about covering any of them. I think there'll be more divergence there than we perhaps expect. So, for example, Elise will be in the mix. Madison will be in the mix. Mm. Odegaard will be in the mix, etc. I wouldn't be worrying too much about those in terms of who I would worry about. Yeah, it's it's Salah and Arsenal. And as you said, given that a lot of free hitters are going double up on Liverpool defence, then you probably need to cover a bit of that as well. But other than that, I don't think there's a lot else. Um, Obviously, if you haven't got Kane yet, I probably wouldn't bother ripping up your team to get there. No. Um, Just because unless they're like you and have brilliant TV and can easily get Salah, Haaland and Kane all squidged in, then I probably wouldn't go through the hassle of taking Haaland out to put Kane in to take Kane out to put Haaland back in. It doesn't seem particularly worthwhile as much as I think he could go big. Obviously, if you've got him, you keep him. Um, but I probably wouldn't be tearing up my team to make sure I had him for this one week, which isn't a particularly good fixture. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, put it, put it this way. So in my team at the moment, I've got Trippier, Saka, Sada, Kane, Watkins as kind of the those five all cover. You know, oh yeah, what you need yeah. to cover if you haven't already? Yeah, they they all they all cover players that are going to be in every free hit team. Uh, add to that Liverpool defender and um, Trent and Robbo obviously have got their own sort of outputs, but uh, you've already got kind of half of whatever's going on covered. Um, I've got an Arsenal defender versus the other um, Liverpool defender, and then it's kind of just a bit of a motley crew really. So I've got Raya and Henry still hanging around, uh, Botman hanging around, and Andreas against Leeds at home. It's just, it's just, you know, as long as you've covered the majority of the key men, there isn't anyone who screams, oh, I really need to buy them without the benefit of hindsight, other than Martinelli, I'd probably say. Um, I can't do it. Um, but if you did want to kind of get that covered off and you already had kind of most of the guys that I've mentioned, then be my guest. I think that that would be kind of the way I'd go. We don't have a great run in, as you know. Um, we've got City next, and then Chelsea, then Newcastle. Uh, Chelsea's a bit of an easier game, but hey, and um, three very, very tough games uh, on paper, at least coming up. Um, but uh, it is Martinelli, and we are doing very, pretty well. Um, so I think that'd be kind of the way it would go. And uh, captaincy this week, um, probably one that we're going to settle on later on. But it seems a lot of people are oscillating between Arsenal or going with Salah. I remember uh, it was a game week twenty-five. Oh, do we go with uh, Saka or do we go with Salah? Do we go with the member of the orchestra or the soloist? And <laughs> I don't know. I'm worried about being burnt, I suppose. But I guess a lot of it is contingent on how Salah looks tonight. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm fairly sure I will go with Salah. Uh, but but yeah, I will be seeing how things go. I think the Forest performance against Man United at the weekend has given me more cause to look at Salah. I, I just think Forest looked so, so off the pace. So down. Uh, yeah. That, oh, yeah, a little bit. Like Their, their form is pretty poor. Um, so that has given me more food for thought on the Salah case. I think it would take something pretty bad from Salah tonight or you know something bad about Liverpool for me to not go there now particularly given that we've said Saka isn't looking great and Arsenal are having a maybe maybe having a bit of wobble I think the fact that I've already got three Arsenal attackers <laughs> inclines me to go and spread my risk and put a captaincy elsewhere 
knowing that if I've completely misjudged this, it doesn't all blow up in my face. <laughs> yeah, that's the endorsement rational there. Um, so yeah, I think I think I'll go there. And if I wasn't going to go there, I'd probably go Martinelli. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that would be exactly where I'd go. Um, I, I mean, I, it's it's basically between Arsenal and Salah. I think Salah will be probably the, the standout. I think with Saka, you might well see Saka going over 100. percent Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we did see that. To be honest, yeah, just because um, of his own, his ownership, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was probably potentially a bit of a call for Watkins, actually. Um, I, I was thinking that um earlier that maybe you could kind of look at Watkins. Loves an away game at the moment. Can't stop scoring in them. Um, he did um, the the criticism that was leveled at him before this week was, oh, we never get double digit figures, so he never gets double digit scores. But hey, he did uh, sixteen points. So yeah, um, again, man on fire could be worth looking at. But yeah, no, we'll. I guess it's one of those that will make people make a decision on at the end of the week. But yeah, it's very likely to be Salah, I think, across the board amongst the engaged core. Just a brief sort of digression here, I suppose, just because I saw this conversation on Sunday on FPL Twitter and thought, for once, this is an interesting one that I actually want to be involved with. And um, a few people were saying, you know, Salah, he, uh, Holland, he's a game changer like Salah in FPL. And I was just kind of wondering, is he or is he just the key man right now? And the people who's getting a bit overexcited by this, um, probably something we'll dig into more next week um, when uh, Holland plays Arsenal and maybe we're thinking about captaincy again. But I just wonder, Lucy, in the current context of you know, wider in, of wider access to information, uh, a lot of knowledge now about effective ownership, what it means, uh, and that kind of potential punishment for going against uh, her behavior and also the do it for me sort of copycat management based on content creators that is out there. I mean, is it a case that he's a game changer or is he just sort of the main man right now? So people are kind of forgetting all that's happened in the past or indeed weren't around for the past and it's their first time of something like this happening. Yeah, I, I think we tend to have quite short memories in FPL. I mean, we might might cling on to our good finishes or talk about particularly memorable seasons seasons like you know Leicester and Mares and all that kind of thing. But I think generally we kind of tend to forget like that captaincy for for a very long time Salah was the dominant force. Uh you know, you had Suarez before that. You had moments when Aguero was fit and he was the obvious captaincy. I, I don't think it's that unusual to have a man that is so prominent in the in the captaincy standings. I think Content creation is having an impact on that, so he feels much more of a threat than ever before. If you are engaged, you are kind of very aware of what he might be able to do to your rank. I think there are a few other issues in that they underpriced him. I think that I think people mm. felt that at the beginning you, that you know they they put him as cheaper than KDB. If I'm right in saying eleven, eleven point five, wasn't he? So I think I think KDB was more. I think KDB was twelve. Yeah, twelve. Yeah. So I think they underpriced him, and I think that probably took him took the kind of the agonizing about him out, out of the equation made that people had him from the beginning and were able to sit on him. Um, I think he endured Pep Roulette beyond anyone's expectations. I think people thought that he would be more uh, closely managed. I felt that I think people thought that he would be rotated more because he's had those injury problems at Dortmund. Um, and I, th- I think the other, the other issue is that he, he's setting records in a very prominent way as the main man for, the team that has been the dominant force in English football for many years. So there's always going to be a lot of media, like broader general football media coverage of him. And I think that will make him feel like more of an impact than perhaps kind of the long-term achievers like Salah. Um, So, yeah, I do think it's been blown out of proportion a bit in the sense that 
have his own kind of individual personal impact on the game. I think it's just the factor of having another big goal scorer, perhaps in a way we haven't really had in the Premier League for a long time. You know, it's relatively unusual for the Premier League to bring in a world star that is expected to immediately score loads of goals. Um, so, you know, perhaps that's a factor, but uh, I think he just feels like an impact because he's just hit the ground running and, and is doing so for a really good team. Mm. I mean, Salah unheralded import from Italy, having not made the grade at Chelsea, um, comes to mind. Suarez, I think, did it come from, from Groning, from Ajax, didn't he? Um, Ajax, yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I think it's 294 points in 2013-14. I think he missed he missed quite a few games, didn't he, due to biting racism, something that he did. Yeah, he had and, a lot of suspensions. Yeah, yeah. I think the only thing that's really changed is that we're now seeing Holland through a prism of this sort of mass adoption of FPL, um, as, as you kind of referenced, as I referenced at the start. And, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't... Obviously, these things... I don't affect many quote unquote casuals, um, but engaged managers, especially those who have sustained their interest this season to now, um, and maybe they're completing their first season or their second, like that kind of sustained sustenance of interest has kind of that has grown. I think you've got more people kind of seeing it through to the end now than you ever have before, and I think that the that that kind of leads to an engaged core, which is quite sort of herd like. I don't think we've perhaps seen at the business end of the season, especially at this sort of critical mass. Um, like captaincy is always the biggest way you can chase. And in the past, I think, you know, you have seen EOs for Salah around kind of the 200 mark. Um, but I think because of the fact that everyone's going to now captain that world star, you know, the guy who everybody has uh, eyes on, means that I think that that's kind of improperly stimmied outside of kind of the split weeks like this week, game week 25, et cetera, et cetera. And I like it. I really like it. I know that's unpopular, but I really like it because it takes captaincy out of the game. It removes a bit of an element of randomness uh, from FPL and it pushes that emphasis on to what we've spoken about in the past in terms of that sort of game full eight or nine, assuming there's a Trippier or something else everyone else owns. Um, but I suppose if, if you are chasing, it can be difficult to kind of see the jumps that we used to get through the captaincy going well for you because it's it's a matter of exposure, isn't it? And if you expose yourself to Holland, there's a few people that I know didn't buy Holland. Ben Crellin's a notable example. Didn't buy Holland last week for the Southampton game, and no, rank hasn't exactly crumbled, but it's taken a severe beating because not owning Holland for two braces max bonus. That's a lot of points to miss out on, and yeah, it's um it's just one of those really. It's a function of kind of where we are as as a as a game where we are as a community where yeah. we are as a, as a player base i think it's more that that the the harland captaincy the harland ownership is symptomatic of other trends that we've discussed re the herd etc etc rather than him himself being some kind of individual phenomenon that's the cause of great changes in fpl which is what i feel like it had been projected in some circles you know that this is Harland and he's going to break the game no it's it's basically all of those other trends we've discussed previously those are the things that are changing the way that we play the game mm. he's just kind of like a, a a pawn in that I guess yeah it's a bit of a lightning rod really yeah like, yeah 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 so it's just one of those but just kind of a, an issue around which all these things coalesce and you make you kind of think oh actually uh, maybe there is a sort of uh, egregious character who's joined FPL and is 
breaking everything and it's, it's easy to kind of think that but the reality is no not really i mean he's, he's performing as the key man in fpl and likes of salah having a bit of a poor season I mean, kane's not that far away from him actually if you look at the numbers um in terms of overall points scored um but it's just one of those things isn't it where hopefully next year they'll you know, can't see it happening because they love to make sure everybody can pick their favorite the team they players. Yeah. Oh, have oh, how cute! All the little anoraks have all their favorite players in their team. Well, they'll Keeps give up FPL. I know well, they'll give up FPL by game week three uh, because you know they're normal people who have real lives. <laughs> but I, I mean, I'd love if they priced them at fifteen million. 40 million. I think Robert Van Persie was 40 million one year, and um, maybe even 14.5. I'd love if they priced him that sort of level and people had to make a choice rather than having him mm. as, as an auto include. Because yeah. if they do him at 12, do him at 13, forget it. He's in everyone's team. So I, I think that they've got to kind of make it actively handicapping to have him in your team next year for it to be anywhere near as interesting i'm sure we all will um but at the beginning but as things evolve then if he is really at, like a high price then it could be really fun because then you kind of go all right i'm going to fit in you know rashford saka um someone else and not have holland and you have people of holland with a kind of a, a slightly sort of less lower quality backing uh backing cast as it were i think that would be interesting i just can't see it happening really but i think that'd be the only way to sort of not exactly fix a problem, uh, but a way to kind of add a bit of uncertainty and interest into it rather than just, oh yeah, we're all owning out, we're all going to buy and own Holland and Captain Holland from game week one. Yes, I agree. Cool. Excellent. Um, right. I haven't got too much else to discuss this week um, just because, you know, it's free hit, it's prosaic. I'm sure you will know who you're picking. Uh, don't overthink it that much. It's as simple as that, really. Um, it's your free hit as a. But it sounds so exciting. People I, I know. I know. know they're free I, hit and you're like, just do it, follow the template, get it done. I was I was listening to FPL General um, when I was walking up to pick up for some nappies earlier on. He's just saying the same thing. Like, just, it's your free hit. Just don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Like the templates, template for a reason. Basically, everything that we always say, and it just it's so keep it simple, stupid. That it's ridiculous. I mean, obviously there is a few. There are a few slots which are, as we kind of touched on, slightly up for grabs, but not really. <laughs> that's, that's that's the that's the reality of it. Not, not really that far up for grabs. Um, but yeah, if you are chasing, maybe there are a few options out there. It's, again, yeah, that's just a, a classic free hit, I suppose. A couple of other questions this week. Uh, Nate Jacobson, how powerful do you think wildcarding in 33 and bench boosting in 34 will be? Um, I mean, yeah, it's one of those where you're sometimes you have to plow a lone furrow. That's the expression, isn't it? <laughs> in FPL. And I'm doing that this week because I well three hits a little bit earlier than everyone else. And it can be rewarding at times and it can also be a bit punishing. It's just one of those where you kind of gamble that you come out on top afterwards. And the final question, uh, John, FPL fail. Um, there, doesn't, there don't seem to be any obvious ripping boys at the moment. Whoever seems to target against for the tail end of the season. Uh, take it away, Lucy. Um, Southampton, Southampton and Southampton. Those are my three teams. I hope you enjoyed them. Um, we are dead and buried and terrible. So I think we're ones to look at. I think, as I mentioned earlier in the pod, I think Forest are looking quite poor at the moment. And I would be surprised if um, Smith is the person to bring Leicester out of their current spiral. I think he might get them looking better from an attacking perspective, perhaps. But I think they'll con continue to concede goals. So I think 
those are the three teams. They may not be whipping boys in quite the traditional sense. We don't have anyone that's lagging behind in the teams, but I think particularly Southampton, who are in big trouble now and have probably started to check out of this relegation battle, I would be looking at them. Yeah, that's this quite is, hard to say, but that's the truth. Yeah, Sam um, again, friend of the pod, Sam, who was on recently. Sam Price, Sam Pricey FPL. <laughs> he was saying he was at St Mary's um, for the for the game this week, and he was saying it's it's, it's just quite sad, really. Is <laughs> it a lot of apathy? I think Jacob. Is, yeah, it's the apathy. That, didn't he? Yeah, he said that in the Athletic yeah. too. So, yeah, not great. Um, yeah, I agree with those. Um, couple of other teams um again i hesitate to say on the beach uh but teams maybe losing that sort of one or two percent now at the back maybe worth thinking about uh, brentford uh, who i mentioned earlier on a bit of a um maybe lost their defensive shape a little bit and fulham as well um safe but nothing else really to play for this season but admittedly they did beat everton 3-1 so uh, there's life in the beach on in those guys on the beach yet they kind of got one sandal on but not both um but they're both sport Know, bottom half at CCs. So again, a team like that, yeah. especially if you've got a team playing them who actually is trying to do something, could be worth looking at. I think the Mitrovic suspension has really taken the wind out of Fulham's sails. So I think that's a, a pretty fair call. It'll be interesting to see again how the Tony suspension, if it ever comes out, uh, has an impact on Brentford. It doesn't feel like that's ever going to happen, does it? No, no. I wonder, wonder what the gambling markets are saying about when that happens. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's that's probably the, the problem. Oh, and Leeds as well. I probably should mention. Um, they're probably another one who are worth watching. And um, Grassi has been all right and done all right, I suppose. Um, but I think it, they'll keep digging in. Yeah. I don't think they they conceded plenty. I think, but I think they'll they'll keep grinding. The second bottom for she see over the last six. Yeah, I mean they they are that. terrible defensively. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I'm banking on that tonight and banking on that next week with my. Uh, very exciting, Andreas Pereira. Uh, oh, of course. Final yeah. lap of honour uh, for him. My I key think people had seriously kind of bizarre expectations for Andreas, given how cheap he was. People have held him to a very high bar, which I think is completely unrealistic. I think he's been quite good. Yeah. Well done, not done badly at all, is it? 110 points for 4.5. That's that's not bad, really, as, as, as things go. With three goals and I think it's like ten assists or something as well. Yeah. That's, that's more than decent. If you can grab one of those next week, Andreas, I'd be much obliged. Cool. All right. Um, transfers and captains. If there is any point in talking about it, so obviously you're on free hit. Um, I can only because I gutted my the all my money in the bank. Um, I can only afford up to six million for my Chilwell replacement. So. I think I'm going to want to cover Liverpool and I can't afford anyone, but that Canate bloke. Um, so I'll probably be buying him in. Um, I think that he should probably play the remaining games or at least the ones I need him for uh, just yeah, because okay. Matip's going, isn't he? And I think Klopp will probably want Canate and Van Dijk to you know, build a partnership, build that familiarity together. Um, so I think that that's kind of where I'll go. I think there were some questions about his fitness. He didn't play a couple of days. He didn't uh, train a couple of days, but he's starting tonight. So hopefully he'll be all right um, to, to to buy in. And I think he's doing beat. I think on Mikel's transfer algorithm, he was like the highest ranked Liverpool player I could afford. So, hey, I mean, might cover the, the covers of defenders and might do a goal from a set play. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I think you're getting a bit ahead of yourself now. Just covers no. the clean sheet. Yeah, covers the clean sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of um a bit of a dodgy week in store for me. I've got um two defenders um against both my strikers, which is not great. So Raya 
and uh, Rico Henry against Watkins and Trippier and Bottman against Kane. But it is what it is. I'm just going to avoid that hit and hope to kind of escape with... Um, oh, obviously, if something random happens, I can get a decent green arrow, but hopefully I can just escape with a, a small red or maybe even a tiny green. Yeah, that, that'll be fine. Really, It's one of those weeks we've got to bat down the hatches and hope for the best. It's one of those things, I think, as well, with, with the kind of Twitter sphere as it is, it's very difficult to tell how many people actually are free-hitting just because all the noise is free-hit. You just assume that basically everyone who plays FPL is free-hitting. And it'll be interesting to see actually how many people are um, because it might not be as high as non-free-hitters are fearing. I think it's just that we're all very good at going, oh, look at my identical template. Would you like to see it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Can't add any more. Um, Brilliant. I, I, yeah, I mean, okay. top, top, I did see top ten. I think it's top ten k uh, at the moment. I think it's something like thirty percent of people have used have have used their free hit at the moment. So it's like seventy okay. percent of the top ten k are probably going to use their free hit this week. Um, wow. Which is yeah. So it's going to be. Expected. I thought it was going to mm, be about fifty. That was on live FPL. Um, I mean, obviously, you might see some people who are holding it for thirty four, but yeah, that's kind of where it is. So yeah, it's going to be a, a free hit loving a free hit of frenzy this week and uh, yeah be interested to see how it all shapes out hopefully not very well for you guys but let's see brilliant cool. well on that cheery note <laughs> thanks for listening everyone we were who got the assist you can find tom on twitter at wgta underscore fbl and you can find me at lucy heinet if you enjoyed listening to this please like and subscribe to the podcast for new listeners out there if you think you'll be coming back please hit that five star rating across platforms like itunes and spotify so more people can enjoy the pod oh i'm off to lightly edit this and then go and administer some childcare. Um, have a good week a happy free hit tinkering i hope we assisted you and we'll be back next week cheers oh it's a goal who got the assist who got the assist Podcast Network.